Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. But uh, I've been really excited to get here and to get to speak to you all. We're going to be getting down to the nitty gritty tonight. Down to the nitty gritty. Down to the things that make you want to just wiggle out of your chair and wiggle on out the door. (laughs) We're going to deal with some things that you don't want to deal with. We're going to talk about the secret things in your life that no one knows about. Because we're moving forward. Before we get too far, I know it's the morning session, but the Lord told me to tell you, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, and he says, live, and he says, wake up. (laughs) He says, wake up. He says, awake, O sleeper, and come alive. So if you got two hours of sleep last night, come alive right now. If I see anybody uh, sleeping, I have an usher uh, with a belt, and he's going to whip you across your knuckles. No big deal. Uh, So just don't fall asleep. You, you, you might find out that if I'm actually true about what I'm saying, you might not. So we'll see. But we'll talk about response real quick, just real quick. When you respond more, you get more. A quiet church is a dead church. Where there is life, there is noise. I know that. I have three kids. Where there is life, there is noise. <laughs> same with us in here. So we're going to respond tonight. Amen. Or this morning, you know, same thing. We're going to respond this morning. I just want to give you a couple. You can say, oh me. You can say, oh my. You can say, sheesh, if you want to. You can say, that's for my neighbor two rows behind me. You can say, uh, you can say whatever you want to. But we're going to respond today. We ain't going to be quiet. I'm going to preach worse if you respond less. Got it? And you're just going to be like, why did I even show up? No, respond and I'm going to preach better. <laughs> So I want to talk to you on the topic of let's settle it. Let's settle it. (laughs) Some of you are just getting so squirmy right now. Like, what's he going to talk about? What's he going to talk about? My pastor might know. No, what's he going to talk about? Let's settle it. My pastor might see me respond during prayer time. My leader, my mom or dad might might be here. They might see me respond. Let's settle it. Let's settle it. I'm going to jump right into this. The... Key verse for this summer camp, Job 17.9, and I love it. I saw this uh, maybe about two and a half months ago. I don't even remember how I saw it or when I saw it. I just know when I saw it. I sent it to Pastor Jordan. I said, man, this has got some oil on it. Job 17.9, you know what that means? It's got the anointing on it. This has got some oil on it. And he's like, yeah, I agree. And so I just couldn't, I couldn't get away from it. Um, coming out of 2020, coming into 2021, I just couldn't get away from it. It says, you can put it on the screen, it says, the righteous keep moving forward. I've, I've said this probably a, a million times in the last few months. The righteous keep moving forward. I'm moving forward. You're moving forward. And those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. There's two parts to it. And I think it's pretty interesting how so far most of the people that have stood up here and talked, we're all going to cover the same topic. We're taking a double up offering. We're taking a triple up offering on that. We're all going to be hitting the same topics. Morgan texts me. So, so a couple weeks before summer camp, I said, one of the things you need to do to get ready for summer camp is uh, uh, forgive people, and you need to repent of hidden sins. Well, Morgan texts me, hey, by the way, summer camp, I'm teaching all those two things. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see what some of the other preachers preach on. Pastor Alvin taught on unforgiveness. I'm going to cover kind of the same thing that Morgan covered, but I think it's going to be good for you. I'm going to talk about 
secret sin. It's going to talk about the stuff that you do in private that no one knows about, that you would never dare tell anybody. You ready? All you guys are so happy. I just know it. You're like, man, can we go play volleyball? (laughs) You ready? So it says the righteous keep moving forward. What's righteous mean? My goal and my hope is that anything I say up here is very easy for you to understand but has substance. I don't want anything I say to be over your head, so I'm going to really try my best. Holy Spirit, help me. Um, convey this message and make it really easy for you to understand. It says the righteous keep moving forward. What's righteous means? It just means that in the eyes of God, you're in right standing with him. And if you're saved in here tonight, I, I think and I hope everybody is, but if not, we can change that. But if you're saved in here today, you're in right standing with God because of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus. You are in right standing. It says the righteous keep moving forward. But I feel like it's, it's two parts to this. The righteous keep moving forward. We're in here. God sees us. Uh, we're in right standing with him. And then those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. So if you don't have clean hands, then what happens? Weaker and weaker, backslide and backslide, stagnant and stagnant, not going nowhere, not going nowhere. Is that, is that kind of how you see it? With clean hands, you become stronger and stronger, but without them, then what? You stay stationary. You don't go anywhere. You're, we're supposed to be moving forward farther and farther down the road with, with the plan of God all the time. But if we have dirty hands, we can't do that because when we have clean hands, we're becoming stronger and stronger. But I definitely believe that there's a lot of people in here today, even though you responded to Morgan's message, and uh, I don't want you to have to feel like you need to respond again, but if, hey, God, God bless you if you need to, that's fine, I, I'm fine with that. But I feel like there's a lot of people in here today that you, you really want to try to move forward, but you have dirty hands. You really want to be stronger and stronger, but you have dirty hands. I'm just going to jump into it. Some of you are, are caught up in pornography so terribly. Some of you in relationships you do not need to be in. All your friends are telling you, you don't need to be your leaders, your pastors. You don't need to do this. But you know better. Go ahead. Some of you caught up in pornography, relationships, masturbation, lust, Snapchat, TikTok. Listen, let me just talk about TikTok for a second. Why is it that I had never downloaded TikTok before in my life and all the recommended stuff was half-naked women? What is this? And if it's being recommended to me, who's never had the app, and you are on it all the time, I know it's being in your face. Oh, I'm, I'm going to call it. I know what your DMs on Instagram look like. I know what your hidden stories on Snapchat look like. See, that's why I look around the room, I see a couple of people smirking, because they know I caught them. You're busted. Let's settle it. <laughs> you know, Amzie, why, why do you, when you get up there, why do you talk along this topic a lot of time? It's what means so much to me. Dr. Jacobs preaches on angels and faith and healing. That's what's marked him. Brother Hagen preaches on faith and healing. That's what's marked him. If you've ever heard Pastor Jordan preach on the local church or being all in, you can tell that's what's marked him. You don't, no one preaches it better than you, Pastor Jordan. If you know Dr. Cody, he preaches so well on honor that I'm just like, I am so dishonorable when I hear him talk on it that I want to come up. But he preaches so well on it because it has marked him. I like to preach on this topic tonight because it's marked me. So can I tell you a story? Do you like stories? Cool. So 13-year-old me living out in the country. (laughs) We'll jump right into it. 
Riding my bike down the road one day, I used to, I used to ride my bike down the road and uh, go to this big creek that was down there. It was called Big Creek. Riding my bike, hundred times I've been past this area, I look over and I was like, what's this? Well, for you all that have access to anything you want on your phone, like within like three seconds, us older generation had to go and look for stuff, right? Right? And the ones even older than me had to, had to look for stuff, but we knew where to find it, right? Okay, you can shout amen, that's all right. So here's a, here's a, a pornography magazine in the bush, I was like, hmm, what's this? So I looked at it, and then I went home, and I came back the next day, I looked at it, and then I looked at it, and then I looked at it for a long time, a couple weeks. It's outside, so I think it rained a couple times and ruined the magazine. But I'm, I'm just trying to be honest with you. That's where I was at. I had never been exposed to anything in my life. I had never even, 13 years old, I had never heard the word sex. Never. Not one time. I was kind of sheltered. Ten kids in my family. You know, big families are kind of weird. But I'd never heard even the word sex before. It wasn't taught on. It was gross. It was ugly. You don't do it. Stay away from it. That's it. That's all I knew about it. So here I am, 13 very confused, knowing this is wrong, but it feels good, but I know it's wrong somehow. I was saved, as you do when you're younger, and you, you, everyone in your house is saved, so that's what you do, right? <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't really know what to do with that. So here I am, 13, 14, 15, I just keep going. I can still see those things in my mind all the time, everywhere I go, everywhere I go, all the time, sitting in service. Dr. Jacobs is standing in front of me. I have filth in my mind. I know some of you can relate to that. And I'm thinking, my God, I'm embarrassed right now. If, he, if, if the Lord were to say, Dr. Jacobs, I'm going to give you permission to see into, see into the spirit and see everything that's on everybody right now, I better get up and run out of here real fast before he sees me. But I'm sitting there thinking, what's wrong with me? Why am I like this? <clears throat> I know I skipped a lot of time from the 14 all the way up until I came to church, but I struggle with it all the time. I, I did struggle with it all the time. It's, I was in the army. We had access to it everywhere. I get married to my wife and thinking that it's okay. I mentioned something to her one time. Well, you know, most guys look at pornography, and she's like, excuse me? I'm like, I mean, I don't look at it a lot, but, like, most guys do that. She's like, uh, not really. So I'm thinking like, oh, so this thinking that I have, like, you know, it's not that bad. It's my little pet sin where I comb its hair and I put it in the corner. Like, shh, don't tell anybody you're there. You're okay. Hey, what's up? You're okay. And then when I want to get a little look, I just walk over here and pet its head real quick. And then I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. One in seven pastors are addicted to pornography. One in four youth pastors are addicted to pornography. Seventy percent of Christian high school students are addicted to pornography. I'm pretty sure it affects some people in here. It would be a miracle of God if there was, everybody's like, no, I'm good. It would be a miracle of God. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. I don't care if you're a pastor's kid. All of us deal with it. No one ever equipped me to deal with this when I was younger. Nobody. It was dirty. It's ugly. You don't touch it. You don't talk about it. Sex. Oh, don't mention that word. Birds and the bees. Never going to have that conversation. I was left to figure it out by myself, and the world taught me, and they taught me in the wrong way. So I took that into relationships in my early 20s, before I met my wife. Jess, I love you. So I took that wrong thinking into relationships, and all of it was wrong. It was just all wrong. It was all messed up. I was just so messed up in my thinking. And I know maybe you're not shouting me down, because maybe you're there, or you've been there. I hope you've gotten on the other side of it, but if you haven't yet, that's okay. We're going to help you. 
but I wish someone would have talked to me about this topic before I hit my mid-20s. I'm 33 now. I'd say when I was about 25, God really started dealing with me on it. He said, let's settle it. I used to chew, <laughs> telling you all my sins here. <laughs> I'm not boasting about this, by the way. I'm not happy that I did that stuff, but I'm saying, I used to be here. I am now here, and I'm a different person because of God has changed me. I don't want you to think like, man, he's been a really good sinner. I don't want you to think that way at all. I don't care to boast in it at all other than to give God, God glory and say, like, okay, I care that I'm up here, but I don't care that they ask me. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, ooh, I get to sing on the stage. Like, I'm thankful that God wants to use me with the person that I used to be. Like, when you hear me say, when you hear me on the platform thanking God, I'm in constant remembrance, not to bring guilt and shame on myself, but I'm in constant remembrance of, I know who I used to be, but yet I keep being promoted for some reason. God's just that good. And I know some of you have maybe been asked to do stuff for your church, or maybe you've, God's used you in your community to witness to people, and you're thinking like, God, I'm not qualified. <laughs> if you have said yes to God, you're qualified. And when you say yes to God, he gives you all the, all the equipment and the qualifications that you need. But I wish someone would have talked to me on this topic. I say to all the pastors and youth pastors and leaders in here, out of all the things, I think Morgan and I have been, what, five years teaching, four and a half, five years at the quarry. I've never had a greater response, not a single time, when I've taught for young people reaching out to me and saying, thank you for teaching on this topic. Not a single one. Not on faith, not on healing. Not even on just relationships. On this topic, I have mo had more people reach out to me. I, I prayed for somebody a few, uh, I don't know, a week ago, and they said, hey, you know when you eat bad food and, you're, and, and you have an upset stomach? He said, I felt like when you prayed for me, I had an upset stomach, and that stuff came out right away. And that's deliverance. I just share that one little thing with you to say, youth pastors and pastors and leaders, it is important that we talk about this. I, Morgan had mentioned it, and I'm not mad at anybody. It's just, it's just where we are sometimes in the body of Christ. Certain decades we deal with certain topics, and God's speaking to the church on certain topics. But right now, we've got to talk about secret sexual sins and things like that. I encourage you to talk about it. Don't be awkward about it. I know those, some of those words we say, they're awkward, I know. But there'll never be any change if we don't talk about it. Don't just think, oh, they'll figure it out. Look, it, it, <laughs> I didn't get the memo. I, when I, when I show up to church, my, I was supposed to quit pornography. I, I missed the memo. I never got that because I, I, here I am. Yes, God, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm doing all these things for church, and I'm showing up, and I'm putting my suit and tie on, three-piece. I'm looking good, but I'm looking like, you know what, on the inside. You can fake it for a while. You can fake it for a while, but God said he'll, our sins, will, they'll come to light eventually. And I don't want that to happen. Is that embarrassing? All of a sudden, I said, I know what you've been doing. When you could have dealt with it and taken care of it and no one wanted to, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, talking about this topic, I want to tell you how you can live free. And this is very similar, Morgan, with what you talked about, but let's double it up. I don't think I needed to change my message because when the Holy Spirit spoke to me two months ago, actually, I already had this message planned, and I had it planned to speak at summer camp, and I wasn't even invited to speak at summer camp yet. I just knew I was going to. <laughs> And then Morgan told me what she's teaching on. I said, well, it's kind of the same thing, but Lord, you know what you're doing, so let's get it. Number one, here's how you can live free. You need, what you shine a light on can no longer hide. Mm. 
What you shine a light on can no longer hide. You know, when you expose sin in your life, now it's out in the open. Now people know. <laughs> people know. Let's look at Ephesians 5.11 out of the New Living Translation. We're talking about what you shine a light on. It says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're simply exposing these things. I'm not mad at you. Your pastors aren't mad at you. God's not mad at you. The enemy would trick you into thinking that, man, how could God ever use you? You done messed up. You're dirty. You're filthy. You're not qualified. We're going to deal with that. It says, take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And I, I was kind of wondering, like, wonder what worthless, exactly what worthless deeds of evil and darkness. I could think of a few, but sexual immorality, foolish talk, dishonesty, impurity, greed, high school boys, inappropriate joking, high school boys, inappropriate joking. Huh. Let's talk about it for a minute. You know, I'm in the high school boys dorm. Guys, look, I understand when we're young, we cut up a little bit. But there needs to come a point <laughs> where we lay those childish things aside. We don't need to make jokes about your mom all day. They're funny. We don't need to make your mom jokes all day. We don't need to make bathroom jokes all day. I hear it a lot. I lead high school boys. I hear it a lot. It'd be nice sometimes if someone said, hey, you know what I've been reading lately? I'll say, oh, my God, please tell me what you've been reading. There's a couple guys that do it. The majority is just like, hey, your mom, ha, <laughs> so. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Hey, God said it. He said inappropriate joking is one of them. You can take it up with him. <laughs> so the first one, here's how you can live free, is what you shine a light on can no longer hide. Number two, Morgan mentioned this last night, and this is vital. You need to tell someone. Tell someone that thing that you've kept quiet for so long that nobody knows about. And you know, if maybe if I just tell somebody about it, I could probably, no, but I kind of like that thing too much. Look how nice it looks over here in the corner, right? You need to tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. You need to tell a life group leader, a pastor, a mentor, your mom or your dad if they're right. Preferably not someone struggling with the same thing. Like, hey, brother, you're good. I look at it too. Yeah, it's fine. Let's just keep doing that. So, no problem. You're good. I'm good, right? <laughs> preferably not someone that's going through the same thing you know I look for who's at the top who do I see the fruit in their life that they've already I'm not going to say they got this thing figured out that they're perfect but I know they still have to guard themselves but who's at the top who's, who's probably got a lot of victory in this area that I can talk to those are the people I'm going to share my life with not everybody you don't need to tell your neighbor on the left and right you need to tell somebody who can help you with it help you with it you know, talking about telling somebody, the person that, that just decides, you know what, I'm not going to say anything. You're going to stay the same. I just want to lay out the groundwork for you. If you expect to keep that in, I'll just deal with it. I'm going to manage my sin. I'm going to manage my lust. I can have a little bit of it and a lot of God, right? No, it doesn't mix. It's like oil and water. It doesn't mix. I want God's best. I'm pretty sure everybody wants God's best. I used to, uh, I, I was mentioning this earlier, not proud of it. I used to chew chewing tobacco in the army, and I started showing up to 
Church on the Rock, and I heard when Dr. Jacobs was lead pastor at the time, and uh, <laughs> he's, ta- he's teaching on healing. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I want that. Yeah, healing, that sounds great. And then the next day I leave, I'm opening up this can of chewing tobacco. It says, may cause mouth cancer. <laughs> and I'm putting that thing in my mouth, and I'm like, yeah, I'm healed, I'm blessed. <laughs> That's like you saying, God, I want, I want your best, God. I want everything you got. But, yeah, I'm going to still have my addiction over here. Like, that's fine, right? Like, I can have all of you and still some of this. No, you can have none of this and you can have all of God. That's how that works. Don't try to manage your sin like, oh, I got this thing figured out. Like, I'm getting stronger in it. No, don't do that. And if you think you've already, you, can, you can handle it on your own, I think you've already failed. I'm sorry. Let's look at James 5.16 out of the New Living Translation. It says, confess your sins. We're talking about tell someone. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. That sounds pretty easy. Confess your sins to each other and you might be healed. You may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Look, look at it in the message. I like this. He says, make this your common practice. Like, this now becomes your lifestyle. Like, you do this ongoingly. Like, preventative maintenance on your spiritual life. He says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. I want to live whole and healed. Anybody? So that you can live whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, excuse me, I'm not going there. (laughs) I just kept reading, got carried away. The most freedom I've ever experienced in my life when I gained the greatest victory was when I finally told somebody. I shared one day with Dr. Jacobs and Pastor Jordan, and my wife was in the office. I talked about my past. It wasn't fun. It was uncomfortable. They prayed deliverance over me. They did nothing but love me and encourage me, gave me scriptures to stand on. And I, did, I haven't shared everything that happened in my past because there's other things. But when you get a prevision of what something might look like, hey, it's just a quick glance on Snapchat. No big deal. It's just a real quick dance video of that guy or girl doing that thing with their shirt off. It's it's no big deal. But when you get a prevision of what something looks like, you start wanting to take that farther and farther down the road. Well, what's this look like? What's this look like? Ooh, what's this? Until you end up in some weirdness. I believe some of you are there. I'm not prophesying that over you. I just think that I've been there in a room of 150 people. There's probably somebody else that's been there or is there. I'm not trying to be a downer tonight, but let's settle it. But the most freedom I've ever experienced is when I told somebody. I thought I'd always be the same, too. I, that, that was my vision for my life. I'll probably never get over this because that was my cycle. I, I, was, I was good for a week and then living like you know what for the uh, next couple months. And then, God, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I repent. And let's start over again. Year after year after year after year for probably 10 years. Anybody been there? Okay. Thank you, honest ones. But I didn't experience that freedom that I, <laughs> I, can, I can stand here today and know when I say this, God's backed me up. I'm walking in victory in this area of my life today. Spiritual purity, I'm walking in it. I didn't think I ever would. I know some of you have probably said, will I, will I always be this way? Will I ever change? I know some of you have said that. God, I'm really sorry, God. Man, why do I do that again? I repent. Like, yeah, I said that yesterday. It's like, man, but I know some of you have been there. I know some of you probably didn't turn your phones in either when we got to summer camp. I was 
praying in spirit last night. <laughs> I'm just trying to call it out. Let's, let's settle it. I know some of you did keep your phone while you were here, and you might have caught a little glimpse of something because you're so covered up in it. You can't get away from it. We're going to fix that tonight because we're settling it. But as a result of giving that part of my life to God, I said, I don't want this anymore. God, heal me of it. I've seen so, so many things accelerate in my life. My business is thriving. My uh, wife and I are doing so well together. I have awesome kids. God keeps using me. I'm like, all right, God, like, sure, you're the one that said it. Let's keep going. I probably wouldn't have chosen me, but okay. I've seen a lot of acceleration in my life as a result where I didn't see it before until I dealt with this. You can say, what, what, was the, what was the key thing? I dealt with it. And I feel like if you deal with it here this morning, you're going to see some things accelerate in your life. Here's the last thing I want to talk about. It's probably the most powerful but yet underrated thing is you need to plead the blood. You need to plead the blood. And I want to break down this topic as, as simply as possible because I feel like the blood is, is, is a churchy term, right? Like you've, you've heard it in songs. You maybe don't know what it means. Let's, let's, let me give it to you in the simplest way I think I can. The blood of Jesus is like body armor for your entire body. I was in the military. I like military terms. The blood of Jesus covers you completely, saturates every part of your body, and keeps you from the, the attack of the enemy. Does that make sense? The blood of Jesus covers you from, your, from the head to the toe so that you can resist the attacks of the enemy. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't want to get too deep into, into it because people are like, no, what's this now? So, <laughs> you know, the blood of Jesus, so we're talking about pleading the blood. The blood of Jesus, it saved us, but it also delivers us, and it kills weaknesses of the flesh. When you plead the blood of Jesus over yourself, then the enemy must pass over. It protects you and it covers you. You know, like when you were younger and you had like a sibling and you like punched them and they came after you, but you went and you ran and hid behind mom and you're just like, you know, and that, that sibling's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dot you later. That's like what the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus protects you like that, like a good mama. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, that's it. You know, but you might not. Here's what I wanna say about the blood. It's probably one of my most favorite topics in the Bible. But if you don't fully understand it, still, if you don't fully understand it, I still want you to say, I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my body, over my emotions, over every part of me. I want you to say it even if you don't quite understand it yet. We use that. The, the, the blood of Jesus is like when the military goes out for war, they get a certain loadout, things that are going to help them accomplish their mission. And the blood of Jesus has been given to us as soldiers in Christ to help accomplish our mission. Let's look at Hebrews 10, 21 through 22 out of the Passion. It says, and since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Here's the part I really want you to get. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity. And now we have been freed from an accusing conscience. That's where a lot of us are right now, an accusing, accusing conscience. The devil says, look what you did. I know what you looked up. Oh, you're telling everybody at church that you're this and you're this way and you're that way, but I know how you really are. 
that accusing conscience does that, doesn't it? But it says we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside out. You know, Dr. Jacobs wrote a book, Deliverance, Fact versus Fiction, and he said, if you're going to read this book, he encourages you to, but in chapter 11, but the, the blood of sprinkling, doctor, talks about the blood of sprinkling. And in preparation for this, I, I had this translation in my mind, and I was like, where is this at? <laughs> I looked, I called pastor and said, Pastor Jordan, where's this translation at? Doctor mentions it, and I keep thinking about it. I even Googled it, and I couldn't find it. I looked it up in every Bible. I was like, where's this at? I want to read some things out of this book to you. Talking about the blood of sprinkling, pleading the blood of Jesus. It says, once a person is delivered, the enemy will try to remind him of all that happened before his freedom. And I was there. Amzie, you're standing in front of youth forward 2020 right now. I know what you still did. I said, shut up, devil. I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind, over my thoughts. But the translation I was looking for, and I love this. Doctor said in his book, a better translation of this verse would read, How much more shall the blood of Jesus purge the replay of your mind? Think of it at, God says that we're vessels for him. Think of like a clear, empty rain barrel. Over time, dirt, sediment settles in the bottom of that, but you stick like a garden hose down that thing, crank that thing on, that water is pushing down, pushing down, and it's bubbling up those impurities and pushing them over top to where you end up with something clean. Your mind is like that. And it says, how much more shall the blood of Jesus purge the replay of your mind? Some of you can't stop thinking about that thing. You said, I'll never go this far. I'll never, I'll never do that thing. And then you did. And then you got buried and covered up with shame and guilt and condemnation. I lived, I lived that way for years. Never feeling settled. Always feeling guilty. Up here, lean worship, singing out spiritual songs, but still feeling dirty. Knowing that something wasn't right and knowing that I needed to settle it. But I love this. How much more shall the blood of Jesus purge the replay of your mind? All those things that you feel like you're haunted about, that you can't stop thinking about. When you plead the blood of Jesus over you, that blood goes in there and just washes out your, 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 your mind and your will and your emotions and washes those things out to where there's nothing left. It says, the sprinkling of blood, when it takes place, it results in peace. <laughs> peace feels so good. Peace feels so good. When you haven't had it and then you get it, you're like, man, peace feels so good. And I have peace. I got peace. I'm just standing up here today. I have so much peace in my life where I didn't have it before. Dr. Jacobs, a a few years ago before he wrote the book, um, had a prophecy that he prayed out at the end. I just want to read that to you real quick. If you can just hang with me for just a second. This is really good. I was telling you that you need to plead the blood. If you say, actually, I don't quite understand that still. Find as many scriptures as you can about it. Even if you don't understand it, still plead the blood of Jesus over yourself. 
that says, find those scriptures that tell you what the blood does and begin to say that and begin to declare and hold that blood against mental things. Hold that blood against emotional instabilities and you will come up and you will come out and you will be put over because the blood will not fail you, saith the Lord. The blood shall prevail against all your enemies. Shut up, devil. He didn't say that. I did. The blood shall prevail against every sickness and every disease. The blood shall prevail and overwhelm and overcome every weakness and everything that would come against you. So plead the blood. Declare the blood. And declare what the covenant says the blood does. And it will be so for you. It will be so for you. This is my favorite part. Make much about the blood. (laughs) I heard a couple people quote it. Make much about the blood and the blood will make much about you. Talk highly about the blood and often about the blood. And the blood will hold you. And the blood will secure you. And the blood will help you in everyday life and in things that come to challenge your faith. So hold on to the blood and hold on to it by your confession of faith in it. And what it does for you. And it will be so for you. And you will rise above the ordinary. Mm, You will rise above the ordinary. You will rise above what men say. And you will walk in what I say, saith the Lord. And it will be well with you and you will walk with me in victory. Remember, I have declared... Thanks be unto God through the word who always causes us to triumph in Jesus Christ. And that's through the blood. So make much about the blood and the blood will make much about you. I really love that. The blood purges the replay of your mind. I feel like some of you, even even tonight, are just sitting here feeling guilty and feeling full of shame. Not being, being able to forget those things. But the blood of Jesus can get rid of that. It can cancel that out for you. The last thing I want to mention, a couple years ago I went to a conference called Love is Red. There was a pastor named Mekon Carter, and he shared his testimony. And I've all, I, I always get something out of, there's always one speaker that really, really speaks to me, something he says. And he said, and I'm saying this to you, that what you did is not who you are. In your past, what you did is not who you are. What you did to that person or to yourself, what you did is not who you are. That's not your identity. The enemy would like to trick you into thinking that it is, but that's not your identity. So I'm going to finish, and I want to pray for a couple people tonight, that's okay. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media 